Well, good morning. It's not a good morning. Good morning. Uh, I'm retired Pastor David Williams, uh, an associate member of Mill City Church here with you this morning. Uh, a close friend of your, your lead pastor, Pastor Aaron, and it is always a joy to be with you. I'm honored that I have the opportunity to just share uh, in the third part series of Family Tree. And so I'm praying that there's a word for you in this morning's lesson. Throughout the series, uh, each message begins with the reading from the Old Testament, the New Testament, and then the Gospels. So we're going to continue that tradition, and I'm going to invite the readers to come this morning and share with us. Then we'll get into the lesson for the morning. Good, <clears throat> Good morning. I'm Otto Duran, and this morning I'm going to be reading from the, new t uh, from the Old Testament. The book of Psalm, chapter 22. But you, Lord, do not be far from me. You are my strength. Come quickly to help me. Deliver me from the sword, my precious life from the power of the dogs. Rescue me from the mouth of the lions. Save me from the horns of the wild oxen. I will declare your name to my people. In the assembly, I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. You, descendants of Jacob, honor him. Revere him, all you descendants of Israel. My name is Rob, and this is the New Testament reading. Hebrews 2, 5 through 11. It is not to angels that he has subjected the world to come, about which we are speaking. But there is a place where someone has testified. What is mankind that you are mindful of them? A son of man that you care for him. You made them a little lower than the angels. You crowned them with glory and honor and put everything under their feet. In putting everything under them, God left nothing that is not subject to them. Yet at present, we do not see everything subject to them. But we do see Jesus, who was made lower than the angels for a little while, now crowned with glory and honor because he suffered death, so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. In bringing many sons and daughters to glory, it was fitting that God, for whom and through whom everything exists, should make the pioneer of their salvation perfect through what he suffered. Both the one who makes people holy and those who are made holy are of the same family, so that Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters." Hi, I'm Monica Eddy. Please stand if you're able for the gospel reading of Matthew. Mientras Jesús hablaba a la multitud, se presentaron su madre y sus hermanos. Se quedaron afuera y deseaban hablar con él. Alguien le dijo, mira, tu madre y tus hermanos están afuera y quieren hablar contigo. ¿Quién es mi madre? ¿Y quiénes son mis hermanos? respondió Jesús. Señalando a sus discípulos, añadió, Aquí tienen a mi madre y a mis hermanos. 
Cualquiera que hace la voluntad de mi Padre, que está en los cielos, es mi hermano, mi hermana y mi madre. You may be seated. Thank you, readers, for sharing uh, the Old Testament and the New Testament and the Gospels to us. Would you take a moment with me and let's pray. Father, how, how excellent is your name and above you there is nothing that exists. But in you and through you, God, is the fullness of life. So this morning, as brothers and sisters, we gather and we are seeking your word for us this day. Lord, that we might live full lives for you in the world and the world yet to come. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Pastor Aaron on the first Sunday, uh, he directed our attention uh, to the lineage of Jesus spanning 42 generations uh, from Abraham to Joseph and to Mary. Uh, we, saw, we saw the lineup, the family members in Jesus' life. And if you saw that or if you were here, you, you remember that there were quite a few people in Jesus' lineup who ordinarily we wouldn't put in the lineup. Think about that. There were some questionable characters. Come on. See, that should make us think that, you know, does, does, does Jesus let everybody in? I think everyone who expresses faith toward him, yes. So even in his lineage, we see people who we go, wow, Jesus comes through that line. And then on the second Sunday of Advent, uh, Aaron uh, moved us toward an individual by the name of Mary, who's the star attraction in the Christmas story with that, with that text or sermon subject, A Girl Interrupted. Hmm. Interruptions, and I, I heard Aaron say that none of us like interruptions. We like to do it one, two, three. But let me, let me just be honest with you. God often has to come and interrupt us. Not because he doesn't like us. It's because he's trying to bring us to a place in him that will keep us forever on track with him. And then today, I, on this third Sunday of Advent, I, I, I want to focus on all in the family. Got a little sniggle out of that. <laughs> Just saying all in the family, you know, some of us go, ooh. Honestly, you remember there's some stuff in your family that if you would have your rathers, you would take a little eraser and erase them out. We want to look at that today. And I will even start off by saying, families are messy. Families can be messy, huh? Even Jesus had a messy family. We don't often talk about it, but we want to look at that today. According to Psychology Today, 
Psychology Today says the family is the fundamental social unit of most human societies. It's fundamentally, it's that thing, including the biological family, the extended family, the step family, and even groups of friends known informally today as families. Family members, listen, family members influences each other's thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. Somebody ought to say amen. <laughs> There's somebody in your family that pushes your buttons. Uh-huh. They just touch you. They just, they just, they walk in the room. When you're sharing together, they just, ooh, just make your hair stand up. Their family members influence each other's thoughts. Sometimes you can't even think good stuff when they come in. They affect your feelings and your behaviors. In St. Mark's Gospel, Chapter 6, verse 3, he lists in detail Jesus' parent, his brothers, and sisters. Hear what Mark 6, 3 says. Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? And then he says, are his sisters here with us? I bet you didn't even know Jesus had sisters. Why are you sniggling? It's true. We never talk about his sisters. But he had sisters. And it says, and they took offense at him. When I read that text and preparing for today, with just a little attention, you notice in Mark's text, that, that Joseph, Jesus' earthly father, is not mentioned. And if you dig just a little bit in the other three Gospels, the last place you see Jesus or Joseph is when Jesus is around 12 and he stays back over at the synagogue and he's there teaching and sharing insight from the Torah. That's the last place we see Joseph's name addressed. After that moment in Scripture, it's a foregone conclusion that, that, that during Jesus' even his three years of ministry, Joseph is no longer alive. And when I say that, I, I want to show you three quick points that, that, that help us notice the absence of Joseph. One, the first place that tells us that there is no husband, that there is no father around, is at the wedding feast in Cana. You remember, the, that's Jesus' place of his first miracle. But in that gospel of John, it says the mother of Jesus was there without mentioning Joseph. 
And this is the same wedding they run out of wine. Yep. They they run out of wine. And when they run out of wine, somebody screams, what are we going to do? And Jesus' mother said, do whatever he tells you. What, what, what that tells me is, this New Year's, when you go, if, since y'all are not going to be in church on Sunday, <laughs> I picked up on that. I got it. I got it. I'm going to be praying for y'all not at church on Sunday. <laughs> but since, you know, what, 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 what I catch from that text is that if you're at a party and they run out of wine, just go home. <laughs> Secondly, we notice, the, we, we notice it, 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 that Jesus is called the son of Mary in both the Mark text and the Matthew text, chapter 12. Instead of the son uh, uh, of Joseph and Mary, it says they address Mary as the, Jesus as the son of Mary. When Jesus was teaching in his home surrounding area, when that text is written, and it says that he was amazing the people, that somebody recognized that it was Jesus. When they recognized it was Jesus, they began to say, hey, that's the town carpenter. What does it take for you to recognize Jesus in your life? Thirdly, when Jesus is on the cross facing death, he takes special care of his mother Mary, her physical needs, by placing her in the, in the care of his dear friend John. And that tells us that obviously there is no Joseph. There's no husband to take her into his care or to take his siblings into his care. For Jesus says to John, this is my mother, take care of her. All this is to say that somehow in this family dynamic, Mary carries the bulk of raising Jesus and his siblings. Responsibility falls on Mary. And the Gospels proudly speak of Mary as a mother. The Gospels of Luke especially says she was highly favored. She was blessed among women. She found favor with God. Jesus was her firstborn, which tells us when I read that text that Jesus had other brothers and sisters. The firstborn is screaming that to us. Mary also knew in her heart that Jesus and God were deeply connected. Because Mary, you remember at the beginning of Luke's gospel, Mary and the, and the angel Gabriel had a deep conversation about what was coming through her pregnancy. 
And finally, when the, the, the gospel talks so well about Mary, Mary follows Jesus all the way to the cross. That's a good mom. She goes all the way to the darkest moment of her life alone, without a husband. For Mary knew that Jesus was special. This Christmas season, are you aware Jesus is special? Are you aware that Jesus brings something to this moment? I was listening to that song sitting over on the side. Jesus, you're the center of it all. Doesn't that just kind of kind of just tingle in you? Anybody? Was I the only one who got a tingle? Ressa, <laughs> you didn't get nothing? I saw a few raise their hand. Jesus. You're the center of it all. Jesus, you need to be the center of the church. Jesus, you need to be the center of community. Jesus, you need to be the center of our country. Amen. Jesus, you need to be the center of my life. Jesus, you are the center of it all. Jesus, I'm dependent upon you. All this affects the family tree. Jesus' mother was very clear with who Jesus was, but his brothers and his sisters, it's a different story. The writer writes, he calls them by name, James, Joseph, Simon, Judas, and it says, and his sisters are here. Remember that? But why didn't they name the girls? Well, I'm going to help them out this morning. Since they didn't name the girls, I'm going to go ahead and give the girls some names. Because it says, and his sisters, which, which means that they were more than one. So I'm just going to go ahead and give him two sisters, all right? So when y'all tell this story, I want y'all to use my names. So he says that his brothers was James and Joseph and Simon and Judas. And, I, 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 and I'm going to say his sister, number one, was Taylor. <laughs> and the second one was Beyonce. Ain't no way in the world Jesus is not going to have some, he's going to have famous brothers. He got to have some famous sisters too. Some sisters who can bring it home. <laughs> so when you, when you tell for who his brothers and sisters, now you don't tell them Pastor Dave said this. You said this is your conjecture, all right? But when we, when we see that family dynamic of the brothers and the sisters, after their name, James, Joseph, Simon, Judas, and Taylor, and Beyonce, it says they did not believe in his ministry at first. 
says in John 7, 2 through 5, but when the Jewish feast of the tabernacles was near, Jesus' brothers said to him, you ought to leave here and go to Judea so that your disciples may see the miracles you do. No one who wants to become a public figure acts in secret. Since you are doing these things, show yourself to the world, for even his own brothers did not believe in him. That's the scripture. His own brothers, and I want to say Beyonce and Taylor, we're not really sure who he was. Family members, family members, siblings even. It takes a whole lot to convince your siblings. There we go. I know you here. Often your siblings are the last ones to join on the bandwagon or whatever you're doing. It's your siblings who, 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 who wait and stand behind and say, I'm going to get on last. I'm not going to trust you because I know you. <laughs> so your siblings are the ones when, when, when everybody else is talking wonderful about you. It's your siblings who say, uh-uh. Uh, I know David. I know. I know that y'all didn't know. You ever notice how your siblings will, will I kind of pack up? I know some things about him. I know some things about her. Mm-mm, y'all just don't know these things. And even as pastors, you know, when we leave the stage and go home, we regular siblings. Sometimes our, our siblings will rib us. I don't know how God called y'all. But siblings, sisters, and brothers, there's something about siblings. In the Old Testament, you remember the the story where where Jacob has 12 sons. His 11 sons sell his brother Joseph, their brother Joseph, into slavery. That's a whacked family. Family members, family members, siblings, siblings often harbor jealousy. Sorry, even psychologists will tell you today, there's competition with siblings. They have to show the other one, I'm a little bit better than you. Siblings sometimes uh, in our families don't understand one another. And they're the last ones to give forgiveness. I've seen this throughout my ministry, especially at funerals, how siblings come to a funeral feuding and warring with each other. And they stand uh, in silence uh, as as you're going through the the, the whole uh, system of funerals, not talking to the other one. Siblings uh, are quirky. Siblings, siblings have some work to do. You remember how it was on your family vacation trip? Some of you probably didn't forgot it. But you remember on that that family trip, you were sitting in the car, your mother and father was up front. All of a sudden, one of your siblings hollered, I ain't touching me. The other one holler, he looking at me. The other one holler, ah, he's talking too much. 
He didn't share equally. I say this because when I read the text, this was going on obviously in Jesus' family. For his brothers tried to extort him. His brother says, why don't you go to Hollywood if you're so good? If you will have all these miracles that you're able to do, why don't you go to where people can look at you and basically once you get a following, we will follow you. My brothers and sisters, this morning, don't, don't wait till Jesus gets a following before you follow Jesus. You go ahead and, and trust Jesus right where you are. You, you trust Jesus that he's going to make your life worth living. Don't wait on somebody else. Don't wait till somebody else say, I got saved. No, you get saved first. For it says, after the resurrection, uh, Jesus' brothers and sisters met with their mother Mary and the other 120 disciples in the upper room. There they finally believed in Jesus because their brother had died, but yet on the third day their brother got back up. I bet Beyonce said he was really the Messiah. I, I, I bet Taylor said there was something really about our brother. Here, my brothers and sisters, there's something really exciting about Jesus. <laughs> Matthew 12, 46, it just says quickly that, um, wow, Jesus' mother and his brothers and sisters, when they got word that Jesus was teaching in a the house, they, they came running. When they got there, they stood outside and they sent word to Jesus inside. I want you to catch this. They stood outside and, and, and while the crowd came and, and, and wanted Jesus to speak to Jesus on the inside, they didn't go in there. They stood outside. Do you, you catch what I'm looking at? These are his mother and his brothers and, and Taylor and Beyonce. They stood outside. I'm going to say it again. Family members influence each other's thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. You might have come to Fort Collins trying to get away from your family dynamics. You, you might have been roughed up by your family dynamics. Somebody here is saying, my family, Dave, wasn't a pretty sight. We, we, we didn't have much or we had so much we didn't love each other. And so I left my home so I could come to Fort Collins and be brand new. I came to college to get away from my family or I came to college so my family would be excited about me so they would love me and know that I had become something and so all of your striving and all of your energy is used to promote so your family will love you I saying to you today stop it stop performing 
You serve a God who's saying, I love you just the way you are. I love you with your dimples. I love you with your short hair. I love you with your freckles. I love you with your limp. I love you. And so many of us are trying to find love in all the wrong places. Jesus has said, come on over to my house. When his disciples, when his mother and his father got there, when his mother and his father, I mean, when his mother and his brothers and sister got there, they sent word, Jesus, to tell him to come outside. Instead of going inside, they sent word to Jesus to come outside. And the reason being was so they could take him home. Because they thought he was a little special. And Jesus looks at the people inside the house and he uses this beautiful illustration, which only Jesus can do. They said, Jesus, your mother is there. Now, I'm going to tell you, when I was growing up, if I was ever somewhere and somebody had told me that my mother was outside, oh, my God. I'd have bro broke my neck trying to get outside so I could see what's going on with my mother because my mother just didn't play. When they told Jesus that James... And Joseph and Simon and Judas and Taylor and Beyonce, they're all outside. Jesus said these words, who is my mother and who are my brothers? Pointing to his disciples, he says, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of the Father in heaven is my mother and my sister. And I say to you this morning, in Jesus' family, you have access to many mothers, to many fathers. They may not be blood relative, but they are just as thick, if not thicker. In Jesus' family, I wish somebody would help me here. In Jesus' family, you have many fathers and many brothers and sisters. Don't come to Mill City just to come in here to get a seat. But you ought to come in here and say, hey, sister. <laughs> hey, my brother. Hug somebody and tell them, hey, I'm glad you're in the family. I'm glad that we're here together. Because in God's family, I wish I had just one witness. In God's family. And there are tall ones, short ones, white ones, black ones, brown ones, tan ones, rich ones, poor ones, socially awkward, athletic, homeless, tired, hurting, love, old, humble, special needs, impatient ones, cool ones, and not so cool ones. But we're all in the family. That's why it's so cool to be a part of God's family. Amen. He likes us and loves us just where we are. 
in this family, we can work out our brokenness together. You don't hide in this family. In Mill City, don't hide what you're trying to overcome by the power of God. This is where you let others know, here are my highs and also here are my lows. Would you pray with me through these things? In this family, not only do we work out our brokenness, but we understand our purpose for serving. Why do we love a world that seems to be off his rocker? Because God loves his world that he made. There's nobody in this world God would not lay down his life for. And if anybody tell you God only loved the Republicans, you tell them, I'm sorry, that ain't how it works. If God only loved Democrats, you tell them for me, that ain't how it work. If God only loves independent, you tell them, that ain't how it work. When I was a kid, we used to sing this little song, he got the whole world in his hand. He got you and me, brother, in his hand. He got you and me, sister, in his hand. He got the whole And the last time I checked, I'm part of the whole world. So he's got me in his hands. Let me close. Just remember when you leave here today, family members influence each other. Thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. We are so busy trying to save other folk that we forget to pray for our own siblings and friends. I'm talking to somebody here. We, we were so damaged by our physical families, we forgot that God can heal them too. Maybe not the way you want, but God has the ability to love the unlovable. I ask you this morning, and I close says in that John text that they first did, his brothers and sisters didn't believe in him but when you get to the book of Acts you find out that uh, two of his brothers write letters and epistles James and Jude his mother of course goes to the cross and I want to believe that Beyonce and Taylor give the rest of their lives to serving their brother. Because after the resurrection, after the resurrection, even his squirrely brothers and sisters believed. Brothers and sisters, you're all in the family. And if he were here, he, he wouldn't just say, my brothers are James and Joseph and Judas and Simon. And he would not say that my sisters are Taylor and Beyonce. But I want to step in Jesus' shoes. I think he would look around and say, all of you, all of you, all of you are my brothers and my sisters. Amen. Father, keep us reminded 
of where we stand in you. And our spiritual family, God is called to minister with us and on us. And our physical family, we are reminded, God, to lift them up daily as well. So God, we give ourselves back to you, blessing you and trusting you. And thank you for letting us be a part of your family. In Jesus' name, amen.